0: Hi, it's Alex and it's Ryan. Welcome back to That's Us. Hello. So today's case is one that I was mildly invested in, like two, almost three, three years ago now, um, when it was simply just a missing persons case. I was actually reminded of Tony Anderson's disappearance. When a post asking about her whereabouts popped up on my time hop the other day, Mm. Um, this case is not only concerning because of what is happening, but the lack of accountability that comes along
1: with it. On whose behalf? You'll find out. Let's go.
0: The story began at about four a.m. on January fifteenth, twenty seventeen, when twenty-year-old Wichita, Kansas native Tony Anderson left her job at Chrome, which is a nightclub. Um, Tony was living in Kansas City, Missouri, about to start classes at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. She worked at the Chrome Strip Club in Kansas City. Um, there were several reports on what her position was. Some say she was a dancer. Others say she was a waitress or a hostess. So any of those three are possible, but she worked at Chrome. And she had a long-term boyfriend that she lived with. And she was actually a music blogger on the side. So the area that they lived in in Kansas City They had specifically picked because it was near the music scene in Kansas City, which I thought was really interesting. So when Tony got off work, she was walked to her car by a bouncer at the club. And one other detail about her shift that is important later on is that she was almost out of gas and she told everyone that she was going to go to the closest gas station to get gas right after she left work. So after work, she was heading out to meet some friends across town at another club called the Shady Lady. These clubs were between about six and ten minutes apart, just depending on the route you took. So not really a far drive at all. And after hanging out at the club with her friends, the plan was to head home to her apartment where she lived with her boyfriend. But the night did not go as planned. On her way to get gas, she got pulled over, and this is when anyone last heard from her. Tony sent a text message to her friend Roxy Townsend at 4:42 a.m. that said, "OMG, just got pulled over again." The reason that Tony got pulled over is that she sat at the intersection of 26th and Burlington which was in the opposite direction of both Chrome and the Shady Lady for 12 minutes mm. in the wrong lane. Oh, my gosh. What? In the wrong lane. So she's in the far left lane. Mm-hmm. The lane that's supposed to be going forward, she's just in the lane heading into oncoming traffic, but sitting there for 12 minutes. Perfect. At a light. Makes logical sense. Yeah, great. So, she gets pulled over. The officer and her exchange their hello, good morning, usual stuff, and he was with her for less than 10 minutes. This officer should have done a field sobriety test solely because she was driving on the wrong side of the road.
1: Yeah, I agree. The
0: officer asked if she was drinking, and she said no, giggling, didn't really know where she was at, and was not really anywhere near where she was supposedly heading, and she told the cop, where she lived, where she was coming from, and where she was going. And he didn't really think much of it. And she denied drinking or taking any medication and just said that she was really sick and that the cop made her very nervous. Which I understand. There's a lot of people that do get some anxiety when they get pulled over, when they interact with cops. So that's understandable. And instead of doing what the average person would do aka do a field sobriety test this officer told tony to pull into the quick trip gas station and collect herself what (laughs) yes and there are so many problems with this in the footage of tony inside the quick trip she seems to be acting like a bit strange nothing too bad just slightly paranoid i think Mm -hmm. she was looking around a lot And after this footage of her at Quick Trip, she was never seen again. Family and friends frantically searched for Tony, knowing that something was seriously wrong. She would never abandon her life out of the blue like this, especially because she had made plans to go to the shady lady had told her boyfriend, like, hey, I'll be home after this, you know. But Casey police said they had no record of her ever being pulled over. Mm. Which was strange, but this very well could be a case of someone impersonating police, which was apparently a problem in Kansas City at the time. These impersonators even had lights, sirens, and very convincing uniforms. Oh,
1: that's terrifying. Yeah. That is horrifying.
0: Yes. So they're like, we don't have any record. Like, maybe this is what's going on. And then the Tuesday after, Tony disappeared An unnamed officer came forward and said that it was him who pulled Tony over, except he gave a false statement about how the interaction with Tony that night went. Like, the story he told was completely different than what ends up coming
1: out that he said. How do, wait, how do they know that it's different from what really happened?
0: Um, we'll get to that because there's dash cam footage. Oh, okay. But they didn't
1: originally release that. So it really was a cop. It was yes, really Yes, it was a real he cop. He just made up what happened.
0: Yeah, okay. he basically said he pulled her over. Their interaction was that, "Hey, I'm about to run out of gas." "Okay, cool. I will escort you to this quick trip up here mm. so I know you're safe and not like stuck in this intersection." Right. And so, there was a petition that got 2,500 signatures from people who requested that the dash cam footage be released, which made those people get very suspicious of the police department because they said they wouldn't release it until the case was closed Mm. because it may interfere with the ongoing investigation, which seemed kind of odd. That doesn't really make any sense because
1: it wasn't, like... Well, that's actually really common that the police don't release everything because they want there to be details that only the person that's guilty would know. That way they can corroborate fake false confessions and and like determine who the true confession is.
0: I know, but also they didn't even like release it to the family like they didn't show the family at all.
1: Do they usually share everything with the family, even if it's not something they release to the public? Though No,
0: but I don't I don't think this dash cam footage would be relevant to the killer because it was literally just the cop and Tony. Oh.
1: There was no one
0: else around. True.
1: So if it was true. So if it wasn't him, it shouldn't be a problem. To exactly. Show, uh, to show anyone. Yeah. Not. OK. That, okay exactly. I didn't think about it that way. OK. Yeah.
0: And so here's where it gets kind of weird. Tony's bank accounts were looked into to see if she actually ever went to Quick Trip. And she attempted to use her card twice, but the card was declined. And the last place that Tony's phone was pinged was about 10 miles from the Quick Trip at English Landing Park, which is right on the Missouri River. And once the dash cam footage was released, people became even more suspicious because the reality of what happened was extremely different than the story that was originally portrayed by the officer that pulled her over. Mm. The only part of the story that was really true was that the officer did escort her to the gas station, but not because she was about to run out of gas, which she never mentioned to the officer. Mm. So he would not have known that she was out of gas. Yeah, that was something that she told her coworkers, but not. But the on cop. the dashcam footage, he basically goes up to her. they like exchange a few words. Um, he asks if where she's headed, if she's been drinking, she says, "Oh, I work at Chrome. um I'm headed to the Shady lady. I live downtown." And he runs her license and registration, and he says, okay, you know what, go up to this quick trip, collect yourself, whatever, and then he follows her kind of to the quick trip. He parks across the street in a business parking lot, and she goes into the quick trip. He basically just makes sure she gets there safe. She goes inside. He hangs out for seven minutes. She gets back in her car, and he leaves. So, that once. She pulled away after
1: he pulled her over. They had no more interaction. So just to be clear, they released it eventually, right? Yes. Okay. So, okay. I was going to say, I didn't know if that was just like a description or if you, you literally- No,
0: they it. have the actual okay, cool. footage. Cool. Um, and you can tell like how off Tony sounds just by the way she's speaking. It's kind of slurred. Mm. Um, she refers to the shady lady as shady- and the cop's like, what's that? Like, yeah. what's shady? Yeah. And finally, she's like, oh, the shady lady. Mm. And so, Tony's parents actually hired a private investigation team to do sonar searching near the Missouri River um, at that English Landing Park where Tony's car had lights pinged. Mm-hmm. And two months later, after they hired that private investigation team, they finally got some answers Um. These sonar images were conclusive. They found two cars at the bottom of the river, one being Tony's, and her body was actually inside of the car. The cause of death was hypothermia, and it was ruled an accident. There was alcohol, cocaine, and amphetamines in her system. Investigators believe she was already in an altered state from the drugs, And that the interaction with the police shook her up even more. And the biggest theory is that she was trying to turn around to get to the Shady Lady. Because obviously she was not really close to the Shady Lady at all. She was about 11 minutes away but in the opposite direction of Chrome. So she just went completely out of her way to go to this area. So she was really turned around. So they think that she went to turn around on this road but it was actually a boat ramp um, because in the dark it's really hard to see that there's water on the other side Mm. and that she drove onto it and hit the ice and then the car went into the water once her family found out this news they really took it in stride her mom was just glad that she had closure and that she was happy that tony was not met with foul play Tony's family has since brought a lawsuit because they feel their daughter's interaction with the police officer was handled completely wrong and that her life could have been spared. Liz Anderson, who is her mom, said she wished the officer had arrested her daughter instead of telling her to go park and collect herself without administering a field sobriety test. She's quoted as saying, I can't say too much, but shame on him. He could have saved my daughter's life. She was hammered and going the wrong way. Any idiot could say, you're messed up. I feel he is probably giving her a break. That isn't what you need to do. You need to protect and serve. Kansas City police have actually sided with their officer and said his actions were deemed reasonable. And Major Kevin Freeman says, We do still stand by our officer. Many factors go into a patrol officer's decisions. When to stop someone, where to pull them over, and what are they going to do. And that's all we know so far. We're waiting to hear about the lawsuit. That officer is still unnamed, and they're suing him directly. I don't think it's the police force that they're suing. What do you think about that? I think that the cop should have definitely done a sobriety test on her. She did not get out of the car at all.
1: So, also, sorry, just to back up a little bit, what are they, uh, like suing him for? Like,
0: um, it is I couldn't find anywhere. I'm guessing maybe like negligence or something, but they don't like they don't even name who they're technically suing. Yeah,
1: I feel like. I don't know. I can't make up my mind, like, right away. Maybe as we talk, I'll kind of come to a conclusion. But I can't make up my mind right away because I feel like, I mean, that's really sad that that's what happened to her. But, like, if she was doing all those drugs and drinking and stuff and then decided to drive, that's on her. You know, like, that sucks. Yeah. And that is that is really, really sad that that's, what ha- that's how it ended. But And it is, it is unfortunate that the cop didn't, you know, go through with, you know, the normal process of things when someone is obviously intoxicated when they're driving and sitting on the wrong side of the road even I I would think that as a police officer if you were walking up to somebody and they were weirdly sitting somewhere like that and stuff and then they clearly seemed a little bit drunk that even if they told you that they were almost out of gas or whatever even if he looked at her gas gauge and saw that that was true he would still question the fact that she was also drunk yeah. Like, that doesn't really, ha- I don't know, that doesn't really like have any bearing you... of why you would be on the wrong side yeah, of the road. Yeah, exactly. And just sitting there. So, I feel like it is definitely negligent that he didn't uh, do anything. So, I could see how they're suing, like, why they would want to sue him for that. But it almost just seems like a like a means to an end for them to get some sort of closure and mess up that guy's life when, he, I mean, he yeah, he should have done something. But I'm not sure that he caused her death. Yeah. I don't know. I want you to
0: watch the dash cam footage and then we can come back and see what you think. Okay.
1: Okay, so we just watched the video. Or, or I just watched the video, I guess. I haven't seen it before. Alex has. the Of the dash cam footage. And my thought, honestly, and also Mike the manager uh, backed me up on this. I think that, especially in the beginning, the very, very beginning of the conversation, she seems actually very normal to me. And then a little bit into it, she starts to slur a little bit in her more, like, complex sentences. Um, But even then, it's almost just like she's stumbling over her words. Like, she gets it out eventually. So I almost feel like I could see that being, like, if you actually are kind of, like, afraid of being pulled over or whatever. Especially if you know you're messed up and shouldn't be, you know, driving. Or sitting on the wrong side of the road or whatever she was doing. Yeah. I could see her just getting nervous and stuff. But I guess what I'm getting at is I could even see her, like, being maybe not that drunk. I don't know. Like, she could talk better than I expected her to be able to talk. But it's you can not also just
0: the drunk though that she had cocaine yeah. and amphetamine. Well, and
1: the thing I was just thinking too is that she, if she was working at a club, she probably was, you know, doing substances pretty often as part of her just lifestyle. So she probably had a pretty high tolerance to that stuff. So she probably could like make herself appear pretty normal even if she was pretty messed up yeah. for at least a short a bit, amount of time. But yeah, I don't know. I definitely think that it was enough and her answers were kind of strange enough that even if she hadn't slurred her words, I almost think it would have been appropriate considering how he found her. Yeah. That he should have given her a field sobriety test regardless of anything. Regardless of if she slurred at all or That's not. That's what
0: I meant. Like, just solely based on the fact that she's in a very weird spot. And I don't know if you saw at the very beginning, he has to flip a UB around the median. Like... It was not an accident that she mm-hmm. is on that side of the road. It's not like it was, there was no median and you couldn't mm-hmm. see the lines.
1: It was very obvious. And she also, at one point, he says, he points out to her that she's facing the wrong direction onto in, uh, incoming traffic. And he she almost, like, giggles. And he says, no, no, it's not funny. Yeah. And it's almost like, I almost wonder if she was actually taking it that seriously, like... I don't know. I feel like in a way that, actually, that almost kind of makes me feel like even more so that he should have given her a sobriety test.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Because you don't giggle when the cop tells you what you did wrong. Unless it's genuinely a misunderstanding, which it wasn't because she was literally parked on the wrong side of the road.
0: Yeah, and when he's like, where are you going? She's like, oh, I'm headed over there. And he's Mm -hmm. like, do you know where
1: you're at? Yeah. She didn't really uh,
0: say anything. Yeah.
1: She said yes, but then she didn't really like. Like, if the cop asked me that, I would say, Yeah, I'm at 48th and O, or like, whatever, you know, whatever. 26th like, in Berlin. Yeah, like, this is exactly where I am, you know, yeah. just to make it clear that I really knew what I was talking about. Yeah, I don't know. And I also think, like, in the moment, like, uh, playing devil's advocate for the cop, I think in the moment, he probably wouldn't have thought, like, based on the direction she's going, that doesn't make sense because she was going the wrong way away from where she said she had been and where she was going. I don't think in the moment I would even think about that. Like he, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Um so in that way, like that that kind of argument doesn't really like the fact that she was going the wrong direction doesn't really mean anything to me because she was drinking. Like you just accidentally go the wrong way. <laughs> like I mean that happens, I guess. Yeah. I've never I don't drink and drive, but I've drank plenty of times and I also drive and I know I can imagine what it would be like to just like kind of be randomly aimlessly driving because you don't really know where you're going. <coughs> yeah. Or kind of forget your end goal. Sometimes
0: that happens to me if I'm tired. Like, do you ever just kind of space out while you're driving yeah. and you get to your destination? And you're like, I don't really How remember- did I get here? I don't
1: remember that much of that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I think it, I think that happens to everyone to some extent. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know how how I feel about that. I mean, I'm I guess I'm glad that there that she didn't meet any kind of foul play and that it's very obvious that she didn't. And she that, just drove yeah, the and then that's clearly yeah. what had to have happened. Um, I don't I don't doubt that that's what happened. Yeah, but I don't know how I don't know how I feel about the cop thing. I think to me, I mean, yes, I think he was negligent. I think based on the video and everything, he should have done a, a sobriety test on her, and that maybe that could have saved her. Uh, but I also don't know that suing him and potentially ruining his career over that one decision is really worth it because it's not like his I feel like what the family is saying is like putting the blame on him like she died because you didn't do the sobriety test and I which could be which is in some ways true, but I would also argue the opposite that she died because of her own actions and that him not doing the field sobriety tests, was negligent but it it wasn't it didn't cause it didn't the ca- death. yeah it didn't it, it wasn't could
0: have prevented it but it didn't
1: cause right. it right and i feel like it, there's many many instances where someone could prevent a death and doesn't and doesn't face any kind of reprogression because it's a normal circumstance that's just a Doctors, really weird one
0: all the time mm-hmm. and it's incredibly hard to prove malpractice so mm-hmm. i feel like kind of what the police were saying like it's a split second decision that that cop has to make. And right. they're given this authority to make the decision that they think is right. Mm-hmm. And yes, we have laws and everything. But there's only so much that you can read straight out of, a, out of a book. Right. A lot of it you just have to decide like, okay, is this worth taking to someone to jail for right, right now? Right. And it really sucks that it ended in... Her dying, but right. There's only so much we can hold him responsible
1: for. I agree. I'm interested to see what what ends up happening with that lawsuit. Mm-hmm. We'll have to. Maybe we could post about it on the Instagram or something once it comes to. Yep, that'll be interesting. Okay, well, good story. <laughs> yep. Thank you. <laughs> uh. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This episode of That's Us was researched, written, and hosted by myself, Alex Hughes, with co-hosting by Ryan Needles. All music, editing, and sound production was done by Michael Coffey. Our art was created by Carson Gibbs.